Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly roundup of the very best of Bailiwick Sport. I'm Tony Kerr. Alongside me this week is Gareth the Prevote. Hi, Tony. And Harry Jones. Hello, Tony. Great to see you guys. Um, no Jamie Ingrill this week. He's uh, running the all-terrain challenge every night. He's got his uh, priorities straight. He's um, looking after himself and uh, I think he's doing quite well. Fair play to him. Yeah, I'm enjoying seeing him sort of pop up in the photos as they appear on our system each night, looking weary and wearier each uh, day that passes. Um, let's start with the big news of the week, though. Something that we've been, uh, we were sort of waiting on ever since uh, Mayor Letizia posted on social media um, about a week or 10 days ago um, that she was leaving Brighton after four years. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a sort of shock announcement and caused us all, I think, to sort of race across Twitter to try and find out if there's any, you know, which club was announcing that she signed. But that wasn't forthcoming. And we had to wait. Um, in the end, as I say, about uh, yeah, a week to 10 days for the announcement, um, finally to come out that Mayer uh, had signed for Manchester United. Just quite extraordinary, really, to see her uh, uh, in the United share. Um, obviously, some very snazzy um, social media graphics and videos to uh, to, to complement the announcement. Um, Gareth, let me just come to you first. When you first heard that she's off to Man United, just give us a sense of, um, of sort of your thoughts and your reaction to it. Well, you just think it's amazing that uh, a Guernsey footballer will be playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. It's just it's it's, it's a bit surreal, really. You know, Maya, who you sort of see around through the summer, playing a bit of touch rugby here and there when she comes back to Guernsey. She's going to be playing on sort of like, I mean, all right, she's, she's already established as a women's Super League regular and what have you, but to be playing for a club the size of Manchester United is just sort of phenomenal, really. And I mean, to achieve that at 20 years of age and with so much of a career ahead of her, it's just, it's just amazing. And uh, I mean, she's, she's done so well at Brighton. It's, uh, it's almost a bit of a shame that she's leaving there in, in some ways. I mean, she's made her name there, but um, it's, it's definitely a step up. And Manchester United have huge ambitions, I think, when it comes to the women's football, because I think they did, as a club, realise they'd sort of um, lost, not lost their way, but they, they'd sort of let the, the women's side of things slip. And they've seen sort of Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester City become the powerhouses of women's football. I think they want to now join them. So I think it's a, it's an exciting move for, for Mayo and certainly sort of progress up, up the ladder. Well, let's hear what she had to say after the announcement. Um, here's what she told the club's uh, media channels. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, very excited to get going. Um, it's very special for me to, to come to a club like Manchester United and to put on the shirt. It's just going to be a very special feeling. So, yeah, I can't wait to get going and to get back out on the grass. When I spoke to Mark, I think the ambition of the club um, and the values of the club kind of suited me as a person as well. So I thought that is a very exciting kind of project here and I just want to be a part of that. So it's very exciting for me and I think just to be a part of, of, of a club like Manchester United and to kind of do as well as we can is going to be um, a very proud moment for me. Yeah, I mean, I love my time at Brighton. Um, There's was, was nothing, nothing bad to say about Brighton. It was, it was great, but I just feel like it's time for me to kind of take the next step and to challenge myself in different ways. And I think being at, um, at United, I think I'll be out of my comfort zone and I think that's, that's where I'll grow the most. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and you know, when I spoke to Mark, he was, he was speaking about the ambition of the club and the project that we've got going on here. And, it's, it's quite a young team and I think for me to see that and for him to be able to trust the young players is really important um, and to be a part of that would be very exciting. Mayor there speaking to uh, Manchester United's media team. I mean, Harry, Mayor at Man United, uh, that must be pretty insane for you to see. Oh, honestly, it's, it's unbelievable, especially since she's a, she's a childhood Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Darren will feel about that, but yeah. 
If you, if you told me that one of the uh, two year six co-captains at Qatar would be playing for Man United, <laughs> I'd be pretty excited about my future, but <laughs> became less and less apparent over the years that it wasn't going to be me out of the two, but yeah, it's honestly unbelievable. She was doing so well at Brighton. I saw her a few months ago, at, we went to a Brighton game together with her dad and my dad as well, and she, I mean, but they both seem to love the club so much, the proper, like, enamoured at the club. And um, so it would have taken something pretty special for them to leave, it looked like. And when I saw the announcement, you know, you thought she must be going to one of the big teams if she's going to leave somewhere. She seems so settled. She's such a big part of that team. And yeah, very ambitious move for her. I think she's, I think she's going to absolutely smash it. She smashed everything so far in her career. And I think this will be no different at all. I mean, no one would bet against it, would you? I mean, having followed her from, from Saints, um, you know, speaking to her when she kind of got into that early um, England age group team or England schools FA side as it was at the time and, and followed her through. Uh, uh, yeah, just phenomenal to see a sign for, as you say, Gareth, you know, what's such an ambitious club. And I mean, what a time to make the move as well. Obviously, she's had um, England representation all the way through the age groups, or albeit sort of slightly pandemic interrupted and is now part of that new under 23 setup. But given how well England are doing in the um, the home Euros, you know, you'd expect maybe one or two of those, those players to, to move aside uh, at the end of the tournament. You know, there's potentially going to be a couple of gaps there. And the the you know the buzz around women's football in in England going to the new season is going to be absolutely huge, isn't it? So, um, for her to be at such a kind of glamorous club and you know in in such a kind of um, yes influential setup, I guess going to the new season, it's uh, yeah the sort of the sky's the limit. Well, I think it also said a lot, Tony, when um, the announcement was made, and we were sort of keeping our eye out throughout the week, but. Um, when Manchester United put up that little sort of teaser of just Mayer's ponytail to sort of five minutes before the official announcement was made. It's amazing how quick social media, how many fans sort of like, that's Mayer, that's Mayer, isn't it? What a huge signing that is. And even this morning, um, sort of like uh, 12 hours or so after the announcement was made, they put up a new picture of her shaking hands with Mark Skinner, the Manchester United head coach. And within sort of two minutes, there's almost a thousand likes for it. So it just shows sort of what a big thing uh, or how, how much women's football is growing, but also how well known Mayor already is, you know, it's, and how well regarded she is across sort of the, the women, uh, women's Super League fan base. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think England recognition really could only just be around the corner. I mean, uh, she's only 20 now. I, I think she could be playing England senior football within a couple of years, probably. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You mentioned um, the social media stuff, you know, they weren't shy about the announcement. Were they? This is a real, like, <laughs> this is a real trumpeting and, and, you know, absolutely kind of. No, were we, to be fair. Well, <laughs> quite. Um, and yeah, it was interesting, you know, Harry speak about the allegiances there within the family, footballing allegiances. It was, uh, you know, it was interesting to see, um, you know, Mayor tweeting that she was born to be a red. <laughs> Now, obviously, there is, there is, there's a, there's a, a, a red um, seam running through that uh, that family. But you know, obviously, from a Guernsey perspective, um, yeah, we, we we put up a, a photo of her, obviously uh, wearing green in that Star Trophy match a few years ago. We, we know what she meant. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's no She'll jersey. never be a Jersey girl. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, yeah, you know, not something you see uh, every week uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, a, a huge moment and, and exciting times um, for the other. Um, Guernsey footballers are sort of making their way over in um, in the professional game as well. Um, perhaps not expecting Alex Scott to move now, given that he's been chucked the number seven shirt for the new season. Yeah, I did, I did actually ask him about him last week when he was over and he was, he was a little bit quiet about <laughs> it. I think, I think he has to be. Probably a little bit conscious that I work here as well. <laughs> doesn't want to really give anything away. But if I had to guess now, I'd say he would be there for the, for the next season. He's I think he's quite settled in Bristol, loves it there. He's the main man playing championship football and I feel like if he goes to the Premier League he could get games at a Premier League team but I feel like 
he'd probably be on the bench quite a bit. He might end up getting loaned out. I think he's definitely got the talent to thrive pretty much anywhere already. But I think playing in that role for a championship team who've recruited pretty well this summer and could do pretty good things this year, I think it's definitely probably the best place for him going into the new season. I think all professional footballers know not to speak too quickly because <laughs> things can change very rapidly in that game. And But um, yeah, I, I think um, Harry's right. I think Alex, just he just wants to play football every week in, week out and he'll get that at Bristol City. So um, yeah, um, I mean, his progression is going to be sort of good anyway. So um, um, yeah, I think he's probably in the right place. Yeah, well, I think we're going to be watching a lot of uh, a lot of teams in red play this season, and there might be a few red shirts uh, kind of walking around. Uh... I can't bring myself to support a team in red. That's <laughs> true Guernsey speaking. Really. Just get the away shirt. <laughs> then, I guess. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah, well, phenomenal stuff. Football season not too far away, of course. Um, GFC had their first friendly um, last weekend down at Corbett Field, and they're off to the Isle of Man this weekend for the Skipton Cup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go there uh, against a team obviously did very well last season in their, in the, in their division um, and a few new faces to look out for. Yeah, um, I was at the Corbett Field last Saturday, and um, I thought the, the youngsters, I mean, it was, very, it was a very fresh-faced side that came out, and very unfortunate that within two minutes, Charlton Govan went down injured and and it was all pretty innocuous, to be honest, but um, straight away it was obvious he wasn't going to get up as well. So it was, um, fingers crossed, that's not too bad uh, an injury. But yeah, the, the youngsters who were involved, they acquitted themselves well, I thought, against a side who obviously played together a lot. Um, they've just won promotion, that um, Stanfield side. And they were. Very, it's the term I like to use of, a, of an English side to try and be nice to them. They're very streetwise. They, they, they know how to play the opposition and the referee. Um, but um, it was. No, it was. It was a very useful exercise. Good run out for considering it was only sort of mid July. But it's just nice to see uh, sort of like the under eighteen side of last year who did so well. A few of their number coming in and. Uh, and uh, making an impression at that sort of level. Yeah, encouraging stuff. Um, sure, more coverage uh, of GFC's pre-season to come and lots more football coverage as we uh, get closer to the season. Um, next up, though, let's talk cricket. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press uh, Sport Podcast. Um, a big week for cricket in the island um, all round. We've seen the Rosedale Shield uh, lofted uh, down at the KG5, a new name on that trophy just before Guernsey's senior side head off to Finland um, for the World Cup qualifier that they've waited uh, ages um, to come around. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let's start with the uh, Indies title winning moment. Uh, Gareth, you were down there, but the, the hard work really was done uh, the week before against Griffins, wasn't it? Yeah, this week was pretty much the, the coronation turning to end. I mean, the it it was the title decider in all but name last week against uh, Griffins, and that that was the the dramatic game this week against Irregulars. Meaning no disrespect to the opposition, Indies were always going to be red hot favourites to win that game, and it would have taken an awful lot to to upset them that night. And they just got the job done as they needed to. They weren't at their their out and out best, but they um, scoring 197 is still <laughs> a decent effort in 20 overs. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was nice that sort of like the, the 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 finale sort of belonged not to one of the sort of like their island stars. Obviously, you, you look at the team on paper. I've been saying for the last couple of years, I think they've got the best T Twenty squad in in the top flight on paper, um, and uh, they've proved it this year. But it was nice that one of their perhaps unsung heroes and Jake Russell sort of took the limelight right at the end. He took three more wickets to. Um, become the leading wicket taker in Division One at the time, and he's, he's actually going to end up basically joint leading wicket taker because Luke Bishard um, took one wicket for Griffins this week, um, and I, I don't think anyone else is going to be able to catch them now. So it's just great for someone like that to sort of 
um, come to the fore as well. I mean, the Ireland the Ireland Stars have done their job for for Griffin uh, for Indies this year. But um, it's been a real team effort, and it's, it's not just down to them. Yeah, really good to see. I'm sure they enjoyed their celebrations as well. Uh, you had a quick oh, chat. They're probably still ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> you had a quick chat with uh, Will Peatfield after the trophy presentation. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a, a lifelong indie. How does it feel to be the champions of Guernsey now? <laughs> to be honest, it's a bit surreal. Um, obviously, yeah, I've been playing well since I can remember. Sort of with Dad, I think, for CJ and I to come down pretty, uh, pretty early on. And then... Obviously, to when they restructured the league a few years ago, um, you know, we wanted to seize it with both hands, and, and it's and it's great that sort of I think I think the the hard work has that's not only gone sort of gone on on the field, but also off the field is sort of now paying its dividends. So yes, yeah, absolutely amazing. And then to do it for the first time in the club's history is just phenomenal, and could not ask to do it with a better bunch of blokes, to be honest. <laughs> what do you reckon has sort of been the main key to success this season? I think the sort of I think the fact that we're all good mates underpins um, underpins our performances really I mean we all get on on and off the field and I think when you've got that sort of cohesion within the team um, it it really it really adds an extra sort of adds an extra layer to what we can offer as a team and I think that coupled with the fact that uh, there are some very very well the, the majority of the team are very very good players and uh, you know, I think it's all come together this season, which is great. And and you know, obviously you've got the you've you've got the Guernsey players in there, but then you've also got the the players that four years ago we had no. I mean, Jake is currently the the, the Div One leading wicket taker, and uh, and you know when he started playing for us four years ago, I, I, mean, I think he'll be the first to admit he didn't expect to be in that position. So I mean, it's just it's fantastic to see these these players, um, you know, pulling on the uh, the black and red and then, uh, and yeah, to, to win the first title, as I said, it's just phenomenal. It's the best feeling. <laughs> and the fact that it now brings a chance to go to Europe as well. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's the, it's the, yeah, it's a cherry on top. I mean, obviously we were watching, uh, we were watching Griffins through, uh, through gritted teeth and, uh, and a bit of jealousy last year, so uh, yeah, to go out, it's going to be it's going to be a really good experience. And I think, I think there's a lot of availability all of a sudden, which is. Uh, well, Pete Field, speaking to you there, Gareth. Uh, Harry is an Indies regular of Div Two. Um, <laughs> take us inside the club. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, jubilation. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's very. Happy. I'm very pleased for. Um, I'm very pleased for everyone. Nathan as well. Really good for our friend Nathan. Did um, did so well, capturing the side. Kieran Legale as well. I thought another one who bowled really well this year. And Jake Russo, as Gareth said, it was such a good moment because I think it was one of the first balls of the over. He sort of dropped. It was a really hard chance, but he, he sort of dropped it. And um, yeah, and everyone, everyone was going crazy in the field. So I didn't realise what was going on. I thought I realised he must be like a wicket away from being leading wicket taker. Then he got the wicket and it's absolute, absolute pandemonium. <laughs> so really happy for Jake Russo. He's bowled really well this year and he bowled really well the other night. His figures were amazing the other night. I think it was 12 runs and four overs he gave away or something with three wickets. Really impressive. And yeah, I think Indies have deserved it on balance. You know, the Griffins game was really interesting. Low scoring thriller, really in context of the sort of runs both teams been putting up this season. And at the halfway stage, it looked like maybe Indies were a few short, but they bowled really well in the end. And um, I don't think anyone can argue with them winning the league. Yeah, Gareth, a new name on the trophy, as we say. Uh, obviously, a, a club that, that, you know, steeped in tradition, um, but, you know, are different to... Um, you know, are sort of different in their nature, I guess, to, you know, the likes of Griffins and Kobo, no junior section at the moment. I mean, overall, is it a good thing for Island Cricket to see a, a new name involved in there? I think it has to be, Tony. You, you, it's always good to see sort of honours shared round and um, other other clubs taking interest and actually believing they can get to the top of the game. I mean, like say, Indies um, 
over the years, they've, they've been sort of one of the mainstays of Guernsey cricket, but they've sort of, certainly over the time I've been around, they, they haven't been in the top flight, but Indies have always been there. And that, that was why I was sort of so keen to speak to Will Peatfield afterwards, because his family, Toby, his dad, and Will and uh, CJ, um, who's Will's brother, They've been, they've just been a part of Indies for years and years and years, and it's it's great for guys like that to be able to enjoy the moment. I mean, Will's actually a, a previous Roselle Shield winner with Kobo in the days when Indies weren't in the top flight. Um, but for someone like him to be able to lift that trophy in a shirt um, of his lifelong club, it's just a great thing. And um, yeah, I'm sure he'll enjoy it for for many months probably. <laughs> he, he did ask me if I was if I was going to join them out on on the clubbing scene that night, but I said <laughs> I did start to come to the office to write it up. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, plenty of time for that. Um, yeah, and of course, we'll uh, be on the plane to Finland this week. Um, so, yeah, plenty more to play for for him and Guernsey's Island players. Um, they're off to Finland, as we say, for the third and final of the uh, sub-regional World Cup qualifiers. Um, a big moment that, that these players and, um, and certainly Josh Butler as captain has been waiting for. Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously a lot of the squad will be going there on the high, having sort of won the league for Indies in the Evening League. And there's also a lot of the, the Griffin squad have been hugely successful over the last couple of years and, and are our weekend champions. Um, so here's hoping they take that form into, into that tournament. I mean, sort of going by the names, we haven't played many of these sides before. We're up against Bulgaria, Luxembourg, Austria and Slovenia. Um, you know, judging by past tournaments, you'd imagine we should have a good chance, but you just never know what's going to turn up. And T20 format, any, if one person comes off on the day, certainly if a batsman gets going and hits a, a rapid 50 off 20 balls, it can change the, change the game. So um, Guernsey will have to play well, but I'm sure they've got the capabilities of actually getting through that tournament. So um, fingers crossed it all goes well for them up in Helsinki. Well, I caught up with uh, Guernsey's captain, Josh Butler, before um, they got on the plane. Um, so let's hear what he had to say. Well, Josh, Finland uh, has been a long time coming. Um, three years of stop-start cricket, but you're finally on the verge of getting over there uh, for the World Cup qualifier. How excited are you? Yeah, I think... Uh... The fact that it's now tournament-based cricket uh, motivates the guys a little bit more. Obviously, we've had Spain this year uh, and three tough matches against Jersey as well, which is a good test for us. But I think uh, tournament cricket is where the guys really want to shine. And this is the one that you've been talking about for a little while. The focus has very much been on this. You mentioned that the Jersey games, but as a target, is this the one you've been building towards? Yeah. I mean, ITC is obviously key for us, funding, et cetera, et cetera, and opportunities to play abroad. Um, I think for us, we're going to this tournament. We want to win it. We want to get ourselves back into Division 1, which is where we want to be, um, and really challenge ourselves. But obviously, we know that we need to play well uh, in Finland. And as I say, it's been a few years that this tournament's been on the cards. How much have you managed to kind of progress yourself as a player and this squad in that time? Yeah, it's, it's tough not being able to challenge yourself against other nations. Um, obviously, we've played Jersey, which is a very, very tough challenge for us at the moment. They're playing really, really well. Um, I think. The main thing for us is try not to change too much. I think some people may try and, you know, become a player they're not or try and change the way they play too much. I think the guys know their strengths and we're in a really good place. A little bit of Josh Butler speaking to me down there at the KG5. You can see a bit more from him on our social channels. Yeah, and it's all been streamed on the ICC website. Um, so you'll be able to follow it from here. I know Martin Gray's on the plane as well. So we'll, um, we'll see lots of great photos from there. Uh, and obviously lots of coverage to come in the paper too. Um, I know Mark Latter isn't going up there because he's got a, a tournament to prepare for um, here in Guernsey, the under-19s um, in their own sort of World Cup qualifier, uh, welcoming seven teams over, which starts in a, in a week or two 
these times. So there's lots of cricket to look forward it's, to. It's been a very busy season already because they've basically had to get all the domestic programme within a certain period because they've now got the seniors going away. And, and like you say, Tony, we're hosting the under-19 under qualifier at the start of um, August. So this is now the, the real business end of the cricket season, having um, already dished out some of the major awards of the domestic scene. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great that uh, we're, we're now back on the, on the international scene and we can get some competition off Ireland and, and uh, nations coming here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, let's leave the cricket there. Um, in part three, we'll look ahead to Wales. It's coming up this weekend and uh, look ahead to next week too. Well, that's just about it then. Uh, next week, uh, I'm off to the Commonwealth Games, so I've got about 50 hours of footage to edit before then of, uh, of our previews. We've got a few already up on, uh, on the social uh, channels. Um, interviews with Billy LePoulin of boxing, uh, Josh Lewis about to go up, Elena Johnson from badminton, and, and a few more um, to go out over the weekend as well. And you can read more about all of the sports that Guernsey are represented in over in Birmingham uh, in the pages of Guernsey Press on online at guernseypress.com forward slash sport. Uh, uh, where else are we going to be this weekend? Uh, it's, it's another big weekend in golf, actually, Tony. It's the Junior Island Championships weekend, um, ahead of the senior, uh, sorry, ahead of the Channel Island finals, which are the last day of July. So um, we've got um, some of our best boys going head to head in their knockout, and um, the two Chloe's, uh, Godion and Domar, will be in, will be competing for the women's uh, for the girls' title. So um, that's going to be um, pretty much all day on um, on Sunday at Lancrest and um, at St Pierre Park on Sunday morning. We've got the the Bailiwick final of the Hampshire Sevens tournament with St Pierre Park hosting uh, Lancrest Golf Club in that. So um, it's it's a very busy day of golf on Sunday. Yeah, good stuff. Harry, any sport on your horizon? Nothing on my agenda. I don't think it's yet. Just a hard pre-season. Yeah, that's must ask Monday. Not looking forward to it. <laughs> No, good stuff. Well, um, busy time. Lots to uh, tuck into at the moment on the sporting front. So, uh, yeah, the best place to follow it uh, six days a week is in the pages of the Guernsey Press and online um, via our social channels at GSY Press Sport. It's a place to go on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, for now, that's it. We'll be back with, uh, I think, a full Commonwealth preview of sorts on the podcast next week. Um, and as I say, plenty more coverage ahead of the games in Birmingham uh, online. So do keep an ear out for that. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tony. Thanks for having me.